0: From the
1: Comedy Zone at the NC Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast and email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your hosts, Will Jacobs and Spencer Taylor.
0: Comedy Zone podcast. We got two very special guests in the building <laughs> today. We got Mr. Bill Bellamy and Alisa Deek. How y'all feeling, man? Man, we feeling
1: good, man. Uh, happy Friday to everybody, man. We really excited about being here. This is my first time at The Zone, so you know, it's been a long time coming. I was uh, here about three years ago shooting a film, and I uh, I actually walked down here and I just saw the club. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be dope. I want to do that club one day.
0: <laughs> so how how you enjoy Charlotte then? I,
1: I like it, man. It's a great city, man. You know, I, I don't know if people really know how beautiful it is to to live here and uh, all the wonderful things the city has to offer. Great food, restaurants. It's got a little nightlife and stuff. It's got its own little swag, you know?
0: Yeah, because I know we got to do a lot then because you're from Jersey. Yeah, 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 right? yeah. So yeah, you yeah. used to sort of a metropolitan. <laughs> yeah, a real city. Right. Like, big. <laughs>
1: Big buildings. <laughs> so, so but now you live in I LA. live in LA now, yeah.
0: How would you compare LA to Jersey? Well, it's,
1: you know, California is what it is, is you no, know, it's great weather, you know what I'm saying? It's a little little dry right now. We can't even water our grass. Starting to look like Beirut, but, uh, you know, it's a beautiful place to live, especially for the entertainment aspect. It's, uh, it's where all the opportunity is, you know, movies, television, commercials, all that. That's where it's at. So you got to be where the big boys at to, to do this thing.
0: Right, right. Now you, you have, uh, I mean, we could go into your history and right. comedy and entertainment generally. I mean, right. stage, producing, yeah. television, movies. What's your favorite thing to do?
1: My stand-up, you know. Um, That's how I became, you know, a star, you know, was from being funny and being in a small club, even clubs smaller than this, you know, where you're just working out and nobody knows who you are yet and you don't have the hot intro music, (laughs) you know, you just walk up there to a stale room, you know. I remember saying to myself, one day, man, people gonna know my name. I gotta figure out how to get famous, man, so people know my name. I ain't gotta go through, I wanna have a hot intro, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So I finally, you know, figured it out and, you know, 20 years later, I'm here.
0: Wow, so it's been 20 years. Yes, sir. Wow. So Ain't you, that crazy? Yeah, because I, I remember, like, it's crazy to say, but I grew up on some of your comedy. Yeah. Like, I remember the deaf comedy jams. I remember MTV. Then you remember VHS. right? Mean, <laughs> because I'm almost 37, so I was, yeah, you, know. you, you were you, you
1: the last generation where they had a record.
0: Bruh, and people don't know, like, besides the stage, like, stuff like interviews with Michael Jackson, like, I remember watching...
1: That. that interview was crazy.
0: Yeah. How? What was that like for you personally? Just to- um,
1: You know, I was on MTV at the time. I was doing really, really well with MTV. Obviously, you know, it was one of those things where I became like a breakout star. You know, it was, I was funny. I was able to do good interviews. And, and I really did love the music. So it wasn't hard for me to, like, be so knowledgeable. You know, I just was engrossed in the music. I love music. So when uh, Michael requested me to do the interview... Um, I thought that was just insane. I was like, Oh my God. Because I did the year or maybe eight to nine months before that, I did a Janet Jackson interview. Wow. And so he saw that and you know, I was with her, you know, and she he was like, Jan, I want him. I want him to do us. <laughs> he had a really soft voice. You're really funny, man. You're great. You're funny. You're people like you, and I like you. You're funny. How nervous were I you? was like, but the thing about interviewing Michael Jackson, I never seen anybody that beige before. That was the first time I ever seen a brother that was powder. Like he was already powder. Like you seen light skin, like like Spencer's light skin. Like like Mike was so white, he made white people like now that's white. That's real white. that's super white. He's clear. and then we
0: we got Ali Ali Sadiq here too comedian Ali Sadiq now how did y'all
1: link up together how did you well it's an interesting story with Ali Um, he
2: passed on me on not me per se on who's got jokes he passed on me why you say it's me I wasn't a judge this is why I say this because they got an opportunity (laughs) see he forgets this I never forget when somebody passed on me Um, even networks and all that I always remember (laughs) so they get a chance to pick who they want to advance? It was one of them rounds. Oh, you can pick. It was Rodney Perry could pick somebody. Uh-huh. Yeah, Bill could pick somebody. Mm-hmm. Tommy could pick somebody. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh yeah, and Bill stood next to me. So I'm thinking, oh okay, I'm finna get it. Boom! Bill turns to the other side and picks little rail.
1: I said, <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> no what, what, what city were we in?
2: We was in Dallas.
1: We was in Dallas. Okay. We was
2: in Dallas because I remember. This is another thing that I remember because when the, that was the Virginia Tech massacre happened, Ooh, and right. I was standing in a room of all comics, mm-hmm. and they said CNN said it was the worst massacre in U.S. history, and I'm the only one saying what? I say so when was, I said so when the hell was uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma not a part of the United States? And they didn't uh, nobody know what I was talking about? Mm. And I was and I got mad at all the comics and I'm like man y'all just y'all all just right. comics. With no social no history, history. history, and I, and I right. was I was frustrated. I said, "So three thousand people get killed in two days. I'm I don't care how you break the math down. That's mm-hmm. more than thirty three people. Mm-hmm. And so that's when he passed on me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what that happened. That's when that had happened. <laughs> so then we um, we don't we I don't know randomly I'm in in Houston doing yeah. a um show at the improv. They asked me did I want to um host for? He was looking for a host or something. He had some other guys with him. I'm like, cool, i host the show, no big deal. Then we start talking in the green room. He yeah. said, man, we should do a tour like this. Called a Ladies Night Out Tour. You. you gonna host it. Boom. I thought he was like, yo, Bill, I don't have time for no smoke right now. <laughs> he was there, all that blowing smoke that bull, right. So then, like maybe a month later, he yep. called my phone. He was like, So, yo, this is the first city we're gonna do. And so I was on tour with DL at the time. And I'm like, yo, you know, maybe I'll go have some fun with these cats you know that's how it that's how it jumped off right? and it
1: jumped off and yeah. what what ended up happening was I said yo I got something with these cats so I, I put together a reel and a clip of all the funny highlights you know uh, the ladies the ladies night out what it is it's sort of like spring break meets comedy fun mm-hmm. different cities great personality driven dudes and I sold a, I sold a project to showtime so we end up going from just the concept in the green room to it really became uh, a comedy special and so you know i take credit even though i passed i came back and got his ass
3: (laughs) better late than never (laughs) better late than never yeah
1: yeah yeah everything happens for for a reason and uh you know we went to showtime with it and you know we did interviews and i really wanted people to understand like these guys, not just from their comedic, who they really are and the choices they made to get to where they are. You mm. know what I'm saying? And I think people really liked it because we were like, man, that was deep how you cut away from the comedy and we got a chance to know who Ali is. Right. Delay and, yeah. and you know and Jay Reed.
0: I remember watching that and I you you get the sense that you really enjoy Putting new cats,
1: you putting them on,
0: trying to put them on. Yeah, and that's—I mean—that's valuable, man. Because yeah, yeah. not everybody does that. That's
1: what everybody says. It's like nobody try to put nobody on, man. It's self for self. Everybody going for self. Like, b man. That's kind of cool that you even care, man. And I'm like, wow. I mean, I wasn't thinking of it like that. I'm like, they funny. Like, it's not like I like had to go. Oh man, you want to be a comment? Let me train you. They was already trained killers. Right. So right.
2: It was, it was a big. It was a thing that he lays out to offer women, every different type of dude that they like. Cause you know, funny is already sexy. You know, that mm-hmm. that's one that's in every woman's top five. You can make me laugh. that's in your top five or your top three. That's in there. Mm-hmm. So then you got to pick the type of dude that you want to be around. So you got Bill, you know, the tall, dark, you know, yeah. handsome type dude. <laughs> then you got D-Lay, he, you know, Kappa, Greek dude all over the place. Then you got Jay Reed, you know, Baby Chris Brown always smiling. <laughs> then you got the hood dude, which was me. <laughs> so when they looked at it, the, they like he the smallest one, but he the one came in prison. That's crazy. <laughs> 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 How the hell he do that? You know what I'm saying? So then you just had different because you know every lady likes you know somebody who could potentially kill him, but you know still love him a lot. <laughs> right, you know, love him immensely. <laughs> you know, hold his pistol for me about to go in the club. You know that's 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 me. So we came back, but educated. That's crazy. When you an educated hootlum, mm. it's it's. You know, because most criminals, like, organized crime, not like regular crime like I steal out of CVS. But regular <laughs> organized crime, you have to be intelligent and know the law. Most criminals know the law. Know the hell yeah. out of the law. Yeah. And, we, and we good chemists. I'm a lawyer during the day. I know this for a fact. Right. Yeah, yeah. the cats know the law now.
1: Oh, they know the law so they can get around it. Right. That's you got to know what you're working with. You
2: got to know what you you, you in store for. <laughs> hey, what this carry? Look, first of all, brother, that only carries. Like me, I knew... I took a, I
4: actually,
2: actually, when I got arrested, I actually went to the law library and I read what I was facing. Because I was going to try to, um, they had me on conspiracy first. I was like, okay, conspiracy to, to deliver coke. Then they had the delivery. And then I went to ask my attorney. I said, you think you can get me on a possession? He was like, possession was kind of like you was smoking. I said, Well, let's go with that. He said, <laughs> he said Five kilos of dope. You think they're going to go with that? I'm like, Hey, man, I had a real habit. <laughs> I, so he was like, know. man, we're going to get you out of that conspiracy. Conspiracy carry start at 20. No, you know,
1: no. Oh, my God. Starts at 20 years That means you up. ain't even do nothing, but they just the thought of it. The you day. get 20. Because
2: you was on the phone conspiring right. to do things. Because
0: you're know? you taking on everything everybody else did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my you God. 20
2: years. And so, years you know, most people long. don't know that. So when you break when you break down the law, you're like, hey, man, no, nah, I'm going to stay away from that conspiracy. We're going to go with this <laughs> delivery. Of, of a controlled substance.
0: Bro, so you had a new lease
2: on life. Yeah, I mm. wanted to get I wanted that possession though. I wanted to go to a rehab and be in that scratching. <laughs> <for> like, <laughs> like three months. <laughs> <laughs> so <man>. but it, <laughs>
5: but it But yeah. you're
1: keeping it 100 with you, man. Right. And you know, um one of the things that I admire about our and I, I mean it came across in the interview, right? And this goes to show you about destiny and making choices to change your life, no matter where you come from, right? If I I didn't quit my job when I got out of college to want to be a comedian, I would not be here today. I took a choice. I could have went left. I went right. I said, I'm going for my dream, right? So Ali says to me, yo, B, man, you ain't going to believe this. I saw you in prison. I was in prison, homie. And I saw you and I said to myself, one day I'm gonna be a comedian and I'm gonna get out here in this world and change my life and do X, Y, to the Z. Who would ever think that we could have possibly met and worked together?
5: That's wow. crazy. That's
1: absolutely crazy. <laughs> That's some hurricane shit. Does that ever blow your mind? Like from that
0: to
2: It it really because me me I met I met everybody who I saw in prison and, and I was doing I wouldn't a stand-up. I, they had me on this block, a close custody block, as a janitor, and them dudes used to be wilding. So I used to like, you know, I used to watch Martin and reenact all the Martin episodes for for the prisoners. Then I'm seeing Bill, I'm seeing DL, I'm seeing Chappelle on TV, and I'm just sitting there like, man, I can do that. <laughs> and so I started giving commentary about what was going on in the prison. To this locked in audience wow. on closed custody, so I'm like, they don't know what's going on on the other blocks, so I'm just the one that's coming to tell Bring them. Bringing the news, this is I'm bringing the news, basically. I'm like, yo, man, let me tell you, little Raphael got busted, you know, <laughs> <laughs> doing too much. You know, they'd be at the bars, like, what are you serious, man? That's crazy, so because <laughs> you know, so that was my whole, my whole thing. So I was, I've never been scared of an audience. Cause I had an audience that didn't have nothing to laugh about. So right. when I get on stage in the world, I'm like, "Yo, you mean y'all free? What what you, what you mad about? <laughs> you know?" So it, and then I meet all these cats. Like when I first saw Bill, I was like, he looked just like he looked on TV too. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> First, I want. I wanted to be something different. I wanted to be like, no he, ain't, he don't look like that for real, you know. But he looked just like he looked on TV. The and Then people, when they knew I knew him, then they start asking me about him. He looked like he looked. I said, man, that sucker looked just like he looked like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was shiny, real. Yeah, yeah, yeah he got like a yeah.
2: We call him. We call him the vampire. Right. We call him the vampire. Could you go back? You go back to MTV and look at him on MTV. He look exactly, exactly the like same. That. <laughs> like, he don't like, age. He don't like age. He's like, not it's not like age. she asked that question. How old I look? Well, Bill looked the same age. He looked when I was 20. Right. right. <laughs> That's
1: true. Yeah.
0: I'm looking up. Said. Bill is 86 years old. Yeah.
2: like he's 16. It's like it's like you want to walk in this room in the oxygen yeah you want to walk in this room and see if what strange things are you hoping like maybe putting vitamin e on like a little machine massaging the face or something i'm gonna go get that but he's just waking up like yo i just washed my face what's going on like-
0: <laughs> he got the same thing the prince got Prince's got that
2: prince man
0: does not age yeah. like it's just it's- a gene are your parents like i that? don't know what beard. it is man you know
1: uh, people I mean, honestly, people tease me all the time. You know what I'm saying? You know, what's the founder of youth or whatever. I think it's laughter, though, man. Real talk. I mean, simple as it gets. You know, obviously, you got to be healthy, too. But I think we laugh a lot, B. Like, yeah. honestly, it's all we do when we on the road, man. We be teasing each other, laughing, coming up with jokes. We have so much fun. Just think there ain't no tension in your body when you laughing.
0: Right. I, I noticed that last night, man, because – 20 years, over twenty years in comedy. Yes, it's over twenty years. Over twenty years in comedy. I was sitting in the show last night and Ali was on stage and I heard you in the back just cracking down. Yo, man. And it's like you still love it.
1: Like you still enjoy it. And then when
0: the show was over, you ran out talking about Hey man, write that down. Write that thing I said down. Just like the creative process is still
1: It's still flowing, man, because a lot of times you know, we create things in the moment. Like Ali said to me, I don't know if you gon' if you meant to say it, but you said it. Keep that. That's real funny because a lot of times with a joke, it could it could, it could be enhanced or killed by one word or phrase or a, a physicality. So, like last night was one one of my nights of workout. You know, it's Thursday night. I'm working out. I'm taking chances on different places, different things, and I want you know Ali to help me. You know write this stuff down because I'm doing another special and I want the new special to be crazy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want y'all to be like, oh, my God, this dude's so funny. I'm trying to be the best ever, you know what I mean? So I got to work harder than everybody else and I got to be funnier than everybody else. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Right, right. And yeah. it's,
0: and you came up with a lot of cash. With like.
1: killers. There's nobody, there's nobody on the planet that I'm telling you that's had a better class of comics than me. Right. My class is the dream team. And I say that with so much confidence because I've never been around that many talented dudes. That every night when you went up, you could get buried by somebody. Right. I mean, you got Chappelle, Chris Rock, uh, said Steve Harvey, Bernie Mac, Chris Tucker, D.L. DL Hughley. Um. 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 I mean, Chris Rock at the time. I, I, Well, Chris Rock. I said Chris. that. Um. I'm just trying to think of somebody else that I, that's, I'm I might be missing, but I'm saying like these Jamie Foxx. Mm -hmm. I mean, they all became stars, dog. Like, just think, they was all in comedy clubs going hard every night, man. I remember Chappelle, he was like 17. He was like, man, am I going on tonight, man? Seriously. (laughs) This is everybody's in here. This is Bernie Mac just killed. Uh, Man, this is crazy. Man, I just want to do 10 minutes, man. I I came from D.C. I can't stand here long. I'm 17. (laughs) <laughs> he was 17 years old. That sound old as hell. He sounded like that <laughs> at 17. He was 17.
0: Oh, and then I have to ask you about this. I know okay. we're taking a hard left, but my, my wife would kill me if I didn't ask you about Love Jones. Ah. That's her favorite. We got to watch Love Jones. Me and her, she Love makes me Jones watch it like classic. once a month.
1: It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dope movie, man. I just think, you know, I wish it would have came out a little later or maybe had a mm. different kind of promotion turn because it became... It became a cult classic. Yes. But it should have been a historic, like, moneymaker kind of thing because it was the right movie. So much talent. So much talent. And it was the right vibe. Like, you know, I think we really gave a lot of juice to the p- to poetry era. Oh, that movie. Let me tell you movement. something.
0: I remember I was at Howard University. Uh-huh. I went to Howard for undergrad and law school. And I remember being in D.C. and we would watch Love Jones and be like, damn, I want some, some a group like that where you just come hang out and uh, talk. Like a and, spot like that. Yeah, like just that. I've been, yeah. I've been in Charlotte trying to find that. Yeah, a like spot I, with that that all cool, these cool. talented
1: people, artists, writers. Yeah, just that, that, that energy. The energy of creativity, man. Everybody's got some type of gift. You almost feel like like wizards. You know, everybody's yeah. a wizard like and they got their special powers, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's yeah. what I love about the power of the word. I mean, even though we comics, we're masters of the word, you know, we still right. speaking, you know, to the people just in a comedic way.
0: So so what's next for you? What what's what's the next big I don't know I think
1: I think the biggest thing right now is just really reminding folks of, the, of what I bring so the new movies are gonna be dope the specials gonna be dope. I think 2016 gonna be the real like crazy like oh my god where all my fans you know come back to make me the king that I'm supposed to be you know what I'm saying I'm Absolutely. the king of this game. Absolutely, and
0: Ali, what's what's what are you at next? What do you got going on Man, next?
2: I just recorded my Comedy Central album. I'm waiting wow. for it to drop like a hot rapper. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting it's there. a mixtape, like a mixtape. Like, man, because I got a nice deal with them for three albums. I'm going to do that thing wow. like DMX. I'm dropping back-to-back. Because <laughs> um, I already did it independent, drop back-to-back. So they, they feel like I can do it again. On Pandora, I drop back-to-back oh, yeah. um, albums. And I had three on there, but I dropped one one week, and then the next week I did a DMX. I dropped um, "Freedom of Speech" first, then I came back and dropped "Enjoy Your Life" right after each other. But the classic, I got a, I got a, um, I feel like Jay Z was my first one though. Like reasonable, reasonable doubt. doubt, man. Talking loud, saying something is like I remember that. That's my first joint that I put out, and people's that's and it's still the highest selling one. It, it like when I when they send me my check, it's like it's. That one always on there first. Like wow. more people buy samples of that one than any other album. It's like oh, it stood out to me, and I and they break it down so I know. But this one coming out is called Damaged Goods, so it's my first major. And I'm talking like a rapper. It's my yeah, first yeah. major. And I went still. independent with it, you know and, what I'm saying? Went in the and studio, it's, and it's laid down with, the
1: track, bars,
2: Tommy Comedy, Comedy Central putting it out. So it was a it was a big thing. I just recorded it last. My, Cause really, my schedule went kind of crazy. It went. I recorded on the 16th. I mean, I recorded on the 15th to 16th. Then I flew to New York and recorded live from Gotham, mm. like the next day. Then I flew back and did and did some more shows. It's like, yo, man, it's it's just a good movement, what I'm doing right now, and a lot yeah. of people are catching
1: on to me. I feel like he Kendrick Lamar. Mm. You know, I like Ali is a very very you know intelligent and insightful comic. You know, he's hilarious, man, but, you know, it's different styles to the game, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm an energetic, physical, kind of crazy, you know, silly dude, and this dude is full of knowledge and 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 insightful and bringing it to you, really making you think too. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of uh, Franklin and Jai, mm-hmm. you yeah. know what I mean? Dick Franklin and Jai, mm-hmm. Dick Gregory, mm-hmm. where these dudes yeah. have such a strong viewpoint, but it's humorous.
4: You yeah. know what I mean? They can make you. They can hit you, but they but can you make like you. walk out of it like, yo, man, I gotta drink more water. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well,
0: that's that's all the time we got. to think we got to we got to wrap it up. But much continued success. Thank congratulations on Come see them be. this weekend. Yeah, come see them this weekend. Comedy Zone. It's gonna so be, be the funniest all, thing you do. I you promise.
2: Say the whole interview.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> she's 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 laugh, laughing, <laughs> <laughs> and guys. She's you
1: say, don't know this. Come see them there. this weekend. <laughs> there's a beautiful girl here named Spencer. She was just sitting right there. She's like, "Yeah, thanks, we'll guys." <laughs>
4: All right. You want to so be a sensual. comic? You want to so be a comic?
1: I am a comic? Make sure see, you come they, See, I can them. tell. <laughs> She's like, I'm getting it's all me, this man. juice. <laughs> I better see you on stage, Smith. We'll, we'll be back. Thank you.
4: Oh, oh, oh. All right. Here. here we
0: go. Our guest is here, ladies and gentlemen, while we eating sandwiches and drinking Hi. coffee. Welcome. Are we going to transition right into that? Yeah, let's just yeah. go right into good. it. Good, Heather, then Sarah, I don't have to do, do a segue. Good, I'm not good. <laughs>
3: He's <laughs> very yeah, bad he, at segues. He's not good at the segues. You forget every time. I like to yeah, put the on? headphones on and feel real into it. All <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> uh, we should probably We mention. are here with the wonderful, amazing Miss Heather McDonald. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you for stopping good. by. Thanks for having me. Star of TV and stage and... <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> mother extraordinaire don't forget that mother one. extraordinaire
0: yes yes yeah. so so how have you enjoyed charlotte so far you've been down here now
3: i love it this is the second time i've come here and um my really good friend i met her the first day of college at usc the real usc university oh. <laughs> southern california no offense um yeah so she lives here so it's it's super fun normally i go to a city and i by myself in the hotel and you know i have to do everything by myself until the shows but now i'm staying at her house and she's gotten all these people to come tomorrow night she's really Ooh. organized you know <laughs> literally her facebook she got 108 people coming to my second show oh, tomorrow wow. Night. Wow. so um with like a bus involved and like a di- like Ooh. i mean she probably i'm like how many hours she does have a job too kids, <laughs> so i'm like how many hours did you spend like coordinating so i'm very lucky to have these great friends and the city is so pretty. This weather is gorgeous yes, right now. Yes, it's so pretty. It's at a good spot yeah. Yeah, now, right now, right? Yeah, not too hot. We don't even need the fan. It's been hot in here. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. No, it's <laughs> nice. It's beautiful. Yeah, good, good. Well, Can I just comment on the yes. fact that you look... Fantastic, and it's this early in the oh, morning. Thank you. You look There's awake. <laughs> well, I did. So put just, put I did just do a television show. Well, there but we still, go. I get cute for podcasts because they always—if <laughs> you don't, it's always one you go, "Oh, forget it," or a radio show, and then they're like, oh, "We're filming this for the web. You don't mind, do you?" And <laughs> you know, okay, so now it's like, or a picture after you just always have to look cute now. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, it
0: affects the quality of the podcast because
4: right. we have to look at each other. Exactly. You know, I mean? now, sure. have some respect. Well, like, <laughs> <laughs>
3: be attractive it's easier than ugly you know what i mean so i
0: wanted to talk to you about your work on chelsea lately uh-huh Hela- first of all hilarious thank that, you that, that, and that relationship that you and chelsea have is yeah. that have you known each other for a long time because no. it comes across that way
3: um actually we didn't really know each other that well when i got the job seven years ago i just like heard well now it's eight but when i heard that she was doing the show um i really wanted to get like a full-time writing job again at the time and My younger son was like a year and a half and I'm like, I better like get in now. Otherwise, like it's hard when you're a mom, you know, people always, I know a lot of people want to not work and be at home and I respect that, but it's a lie to say that you can just like hop back in after so many years. So I kind of felt like, Oh, this will be a great opportunity. And I knew Chelsea's act and I had written with the Waynes brothers. So I'm like, if I can write for black men, I think I can write for a drunk blonde. Like I can get <laughs> the persona and everything. And I knew her stand up back. So we just knew each other like acquaintances, not like we'd chat on the phone, but like have fun at shows or whatnot. So then I started working on the show and we, we did become really good friends. She's a real girl's girl. And, it was so fun for all those years. Now the show's been off for a year, but everybody's doing really, really well. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, forever grateful for the experience. But I kind of I kind of like being able to do more stand-up. I couldn't really when I was doing the show as much mm-hmm. because, you know, you had to be there Monday through Friday. So I've, I thought it's been great this past year. It's been so much fun.
0: That's really cool. So then how have you been able to balance? Because uh, I just celebrated my one-year anniversary of marriage. Nice. And I, yeah, and I know that you have been married for 15 years, 15 years yes. and then you have children. Right. right. How have you been able to balance?
3: Well, you know, I think the reason, I had kind of a, a different experience than other female comics in that I did stand up in my 20s, and then kind of unconsciously I sort of stopped when I was got married and when I was 30, and um, I was still like working, I was writing white chicks, I was, you know, getting little parts here and there, and then, actually, Last Comic Standing started, and it made me really want to do it again. Mm-hmm. So I just got back into it probably like six months before I got the job on Chelsea. And then by that time, I had a whole other act of being married with kids and everything. And then, thank God, the, because of the show, I was able to like get good gigs and, and be able to do it. And my husband, it's it's hard for a female comic to find a guy that mm-hmm. has the a healthy ego and confidence that my husband has. He thought always thought it was great. Like when before I met him I'd be dating guys when I was doing stand up and they were either really into it and like secretly wanted to do it themselves, which is super annoying, <laughs> or they thought like okay, so how long are you going to give this stuff or like be rude about it. He was just like, "Oh, that's cool. I'll come." Thought it was funny, you know, and now I talk so much about him in my act. Yeah. And the other day I was complaining to my friend, I'm like, "You know, Peter's just not very sensitive." And then I thought, if he was really sensitive, he would not be able to handle what I say (laughs) about him in like a healthy way. So I'm like, okay, I have to take that for what it is and appreciate that I couldn't have the life I have without him. And then he's always been so great about being with the kids and, you know, never making me feel bad if I'm missing three days. And the way my schedule is now though, people go, Oh, are you on tour? And I'm like, I always think it's weird that it's true, because I come home. Like I'll go on like a Thursday and I come home on a Sunday. Okay. And I and it's rare that there's like a couple weekends in a row. Sometimes there's like three weeks in a row and then I'm home for five weeks. It's just where the gigs come and if I if it's like a place I want to go. Like now I kind of have a thing about Um, I just want to go to cute cities
4: (laughs) like it's got to be
3: like a cute city where I could get out like walk to there's good shopping there's a Starbucks like because I went to Jacksonville Florida and that is not a cute city like Charlotte's super cute super cute and um, so yeah so it's got to be like a nice pleasant experience for me. Now,
0: with with your husband, I know he's supportive of the comedy, but are there ever those moments where he's like, hey, you don't need to be talking about... Never. He doesn't do that ever.
3: Never, ever, ever. Never been once. And he'll bring friends... And sit in the audience, and they're crying laughing because I'm talking about it. And then they're like, that was so funny. I feel a little bad for Peter, but, you know, I'm like, Peter has a great life. Let me just tell you, Peter has a great life. Um, I'm attractive. I still have sex with him. He gets to golf all the time. I mean, it's okay. It's all worked out. But I do feel like I chose the right person because I've had friends who are female stand-ups and they've had boyfriends who will be like, hey, don't talk about me in the act. And I think that's really hard because it's your life. It's what's going on. And if you can't talk about your spouse, but I do feel as a woman, I get away with more than a man really bagging on his wife. Like we do have that advantage. There is definitely like a sexist thing where I, like you can, you know, like if a guy was like, you know, talking about something unattractive about his wife, it'd be like, whoa, 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 asshole. Yeah. (laughs) But with me, the guys are laughing, the girls are laughing, you know, because the the guys have a thicker skin about it, thank God, you know? Like I was watching, I watched your act last night. Oh, thank you. And uh, you were fantastic. You were very animated. Uh uh, That was really amazing to see. But uh, you were talking about your husband's physique. Yes. And that would be completely right, no, inappropriate right. the other way. Because <laughs> you're saying listen. he was, like, looser. Well, listen, my, husband, my husband is 50. He's 6'3". And he's not fat, but he's just, like, a little bit bigger. Like, he, his stomach is go it's not a saggy stomach it's like that hard like 50 year old like unprofessional golfer stomach like it's just a little bit bigger it's not like a size 28 waist okay so yeah i said that and you're right if a comic (laughs) got up there and was like whoa my wife never lost the baby weight people would be like get the hell out of here (laughs) you know so no i i appreciate you know i'm not one of those female comics that are like "Boo hoo, i'm a female comic guys have it so much either i feel like it's never been a better time to be a female in the business. I feel that um, the I'd like to attribute like 30-year-old guys to being way more open and they're not like the 45-year-old guys who are like, I don't find women funny. Not that they're like that, but that whole thing doesn't exist. Like younger guys, I've had bachelor parties like come to my show as part of their night. They're straight. Like straight men like think I'm funny. I'm not just, it's not just (laughs) girls and gays, you know? And I think that guys are just, and, and just younger people are just really open to It doesn't matter if you're white or black or straight or gay. Like if you're funny, I find that person funny. And I think that's, The biggest change I've noticed, like, in the last decade with comedy and why I think it's, like, there's such a resurgence of comedy and it's been, you know, because people are just recognizing, like, as long as you're true to yourself and be authentic, then there isn't, like, a type of comedy, you know? Right. How there was, like, used to be the alternative comic or the da-da-da, you know, or the one-liner. It's like, no, everybody has their own style. You can mix your styles and Mm -hmm. just be you, you know? Right. Now,
0: with, with Chelsea... I, I look at what she's done, and I feel like she's done a really, really good job of sort of exposing America yeah. to a lot of talent, and, and in particular, female yes uh, comedians.
3: I mean, the show, you know, when we first started doing the show, it was just going to be Chelsea, one comic... One like entertainment reporter like a Julianne Ranzic and then one what you call it like a stunt casting like a biling like a weirdo you know that would just so we got rid of the weirdo because they would throw off the conversation and we had the two <laughs> comics and the Julianne Rancic type and then we would tell the entertainment reporter don't try to be funny just contribute to the story like with your insight. But then they would try to be funny and it wasn't that funny. So then we just decided all three comics and it became like a real comedy show. And so often people would be like, oh, I love that show you're on on Comedy Central. And that was so flattering that they (laughs) thought it was Comedy Central and not E. And um, and people no, she did more for like really getting names out there much more than like a Tonight Show or anything nowadays Mm -hmm. will do. And since the show's been off the air, I don't feel like any other show has really
0: stepped on that like
3: at Midnight. People, it's a great show and it's funny, but I don't feel like like you get to know the character of the people like you did on Chelsea. Mm. Because on Chelsea, we would talk about a topic, like if it was, you know, if if we're doing the show and we talked about, you know, Ben and Jen and the nanny, you know, I would say, well, I had a nanny once and this is what happened. So then the audience knows, okay, I'm married, I have kids, and they start to get to know Know me. But there's no show like that where you start to really get to know people's persona and know that this one's single and Joe Coy has one son. And like... Everybody got to really know you well on the show, which was great. So then when they come see your stand up it's like you don't even have to don't, you don't have to even explain yeah. who you are. It's like that's really great.
0: Now that and that was always a fascinating dynamic to me with the three comics up there right. because it almost looks like or, or to me, it would feel like like this game of double dutch where when do I get my stuff in? Right. Is this yeah. person going to say something. Oh OK, God. am I doing yeah. too much? Here? Like, is there a constant push and pull you're doing in your it, head when you're
3: up there? Yeah. Well, I got really used to it and I was, you know, an improv person. So you never want to be what you'd call a steamroller. Mm-hmm. And but there was definitely a thing where I'm like, let me just get my joke in first. Because I may not. If I wait, we may go to another topic. And sometimes yeah. you would see that with a new person and we would be watching in the writer's room and we'd feel bad or we'd be like, oh my God, get something in. Or we'd I'd root for someone to be on. And they usually always gave them two chances. And then sometimes they wouldn't ask them back and people were like devastated by it. I'm like, you know, Aww. it's not it's not the <laughs> form for <laughs> everybody. Like some of the funniest yeah. comics, we knew their style wouldn't do well in that setting. You know what I mean? So it wasn't for everybody. And then... And Chelsea really wanted like regulars. So sometimes if it was a New York person, she was like, no, because I want it to be... We didn't have a budget to fly people out. So she was like, no, I want it to be that people can be on like once or twice a month. Yeah. And it's not a big deal for them to get here. We didn't send cars for them. It wasn't like a, you know, it was a low budget thing. So people would come and just make a few hundred dollars to be on. and, Mm -hmm. And that was great if it was just a supplemental thing to their life. And then it just... And then we all started... To really know each other really well. And so that chemistry was always pretty clear on the round table.
0: Well, now, did you did you start in L.A.? or Yes, or? I'm from L.A. Oh, you're from L.A.? I'm from oh, that's
3: L.A. That's rare. You never really hear yeah. people yeah. from right. L.A. And, you know, when I started to do stand-up, people said, you can't start in L.A. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Like move to Texas? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like at least when <laughs> I need to, to bring. a small city At for least, you know, and in L.A. you have to bring a lot of people. It's a lot of what you call bringer shows. Mm-hmm. Um and in order to get up you've got to have like eight people in the audience and they're not even going to let you do stand up you know so that was the one thing i had going for me i grew up there i was one of five kids i was in a sorority i like maintain relationships but i did feel like i was constantly almost like in like a pyramid marketing scheme like <laughs> like so i'd be like someone would be selling me shoes and they'd be laughing at what i'm saying and i'm like you know, if you find me funny, I have a show tonight. <laughs> and I, you know, and then I would like invite these people and, and like have, and then once they would come, sometimes, you know, if it was a guy, they thought like, we would fuck or something and I was like no I just needed your body like I just needed you to sit in there and and like and even with girls too they were like oh okay let's like hang out and get lunch I'm like i got enough friends you saw the act I'll invite you in six months when it's new again like I'm not gonna torch it like it was so yeah it would literally I had like a list and it'd be like dialing for audience members like I felt like a telemarketer hey girl remember we met at Nordstrom's? funny that we are talking I've got a show tonight at the uh belly room in the comedy store and (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was just it, that part was hard, you know. That, that's hilarious because I,
0: I used to sell insurance. Yeah, so I know, like, <laughs> yes, I know that exactly. feeling. Like, I used to get kicked out of malls and stuff. Oh like, my god! <laughs> oh, well you... And then while the security guard might be taking me out, I'd be like, I know you're protecting this establishment, but have you thought about protecting your family? Yes, totally. <laughs> and then I, still, I
3: still be trying to always it's be closing. So you know, <laughs> yeah, to just constantly, yeah, like every single person I see was like a potential. Audience member that I might need, you know, because I had to spread it out. Obviously, you know, you don't Mm -hmm. do new stuff every night. And that I have a lot of, I have like a lot of Catholic guilt about someone not having a good time. Like, I also had like, um, like, like I always feel like I'm a little bit of a codependent comic where I'm like more worried about the audience. Like, it's amazing when I see like a comic be like, uh, kick that person out. This and that. (laughs) Like, I had this really drunk girl in Chicago, and she was really drunk with her date. And it's like I almost get like supportive drunk hecklers. Like in the middle of a story, they'll be like, and I'm like, okay, like they're not bagging on me, but you're throwing off the mojo and this person's turning around annoyed and I'm being distracted. And so finally I'm like, hey, girl, like, so happy that you're having fun but you're like gotta be quiet then the whole audience cheers and then she's like gives me this sad pudding face and then i'm like looking at the guy who's like at first he thought it was great to give her those drinks you know but because he could you know get laid or date rape or whatever (laughs) now he's humiliated like it was just and all that's going through my head like the whole scenario how many times they've been out have they fucked yet or not like is are they is he gonna like is this almost like a roofie situation do i need to get involved like I, i everything is going through my head i'm like Oh, my God. So I get very distracted. Or, like, I remember I had a friend that had a really funny herpes joke in her act. And if she was going to be on the same bill as me, like, you know, like, 10 comics, 10 minutes, whatever, um, I wouldn't want to invite my two friends who had herpes. Because I felt like if they hear that joke, that's going to really hurt them. And so they'd be like, I want to come to your show tonight. I'm like, no, it's okay. Because so-and-so is on it. And so then... One time I forgot and I oh, no. I go oh shit, you know, this girl's here and she starts doing the herpes commercial joke and everything. And I look out and my herpes inflicted girlfriend laughed harder than anybody else. And I was like, wow. Heather, you gotta just stop worrying about this. like I can't wow. Wow. worry about it, you know? Like so I've gotten a little bit better, but I still feel like, you know, I want everyone to have a good time. I want it to be a pleasant experience. You know, when you would bring people to do stand-up and then like you're number seven and like number five and six are so horrible, and you're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my Ooh. God, get off, the, get off, get off, get off. I have to save the night. I have to save the night. Like, it's very stressful. You know, these, my friends got a sitter, the guilt that I'm getting of this, like, a horrible stand-up night. Oh, yeah, yeah, that now would you be... Have, mm. You have two books that yeah. you wrote that you were... Show- Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, the first book I wrote was You'll Never Blue Ball in This Town Again. Yeah, <laughs> everyone laughed at the time. And I uh, started to... I, wrote, I chose to write that book because... You know, a lot of people have books about, you know, like, you know, One Night Stands, Chelsea Had the Horizontal Life, which was a huge hit. A lot of, you know, and I love like hooker literature, like anything about like sleeping with people and stuff. And like, you know, you'll never make love in this town again. And there's a new book come out out called Fast Girl about an Olympian who became a high class call girl. Like that is my, that is my jam. That's the kind of books (laughs) I love. I love but I was a virgin until I was 27 and, but I blue balled a lot of guys. Like I just like was very into dry humping. So I was like, Hey, I don't, my stories don't end in penetration, but I have just as many dating and funny stories and humiliating stories and, you know, to tell. So then I thought of the title and, and I knew being on Chelsea, like this was the time to, you know, possibly get a book deal. And if I pass it up, it may not come around. So I just took advantage of the opportunity And that was really fun writing the book. I really liked it. Um, It was stressful. It was like college finals, like the biggest (laughs) paper is due and kind of haunting you. But the most satisfying thing is finishing that book and, Mm. and having like this amazing memory. It's like, I don't really keep photo albums. I don't, you know, it's like, and so then the next book, so I wrote that one from like about my life, like 18 to 30. And then the next book was my life in my thirties working on Chelsea and raising the kids and putting them in Catholic school and like wanting, like I, it's like I had a kind of a dichotomy in my life. Like I'm with these people saying horrible language and most inappropriate, awful jokes every day. Nobody had kids on staff. And then I was like, <laughs> you know, going to the Catholic school and boy Scouts and like wondering like why I'm not being invited to like the mom's party, you know? And so it was very, so that's why I called that one my inappropriate life. Cause I felt I was accused of being inappropriate and, and, it was so devastating to me. And then I was like, well, maybe I kind of am. So that I just, <laughs> just embraced embrace it. it. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, do you, do your, do your kids get it? Do they understand? Like, do they ever see your comedy or they see you on TV and they go, wow, mom is like, are they at that age where they understand like yeah. sort of what you do?
3: They, uh, my son is 12, so he really gets it. My, my stepdaughter is like very quiet and she's like so opposite of me, but she's like an excellent student and really sweet. And, um, it doesn't bother, bother her what I do, but I did not let them see my my special, which is on Netflix. This um, They just put it on this month. Um, I don't mm. mean to brag, but I said you can't <laughs> see that until um, until you're like 16. Because at 16, I figured they'll look back and go, yeah, I was an asshole at nine. Like, they'll <laughs> see the funny, but right now, like, I think my, especially my younger son would be, like, sensitive if I told a story about it. But I did say to them, like, I was, with um, my 12-year-old says something really funny, um, He's okay with me. Like, I, I'll write, like, mom, son, mom, son, and write it on Twitter and, or say what he said. And he's like, kind of gets excited, like, how many retweets did I get? And because he says Aww. really funny stuff and he doesn't try to be like the other funny people in my family, they're not trying to be, but they are funny. And I know it's funny. And so I like, I'll write down. Um, but my younger son is like, you can't, don't put this on Instagram and you can't do this. And I, I was like, listen, dude, this is the world we live in. Okay. Right. You're going to be on Instagram. I'm going to feature you. I'm going to talk about you. This is the cards you've been dealt. If I was a farmer, you'd have to get up and pick corn. <laughs> so, like, deal with this. This is what pays for Enjoy Xbox it. and, you know, Disneyland and a nice vacation <laughs> right. and, like, our pool. So, dad puts up with it. You need to put up with it. And um, But it's so funny because, like, like, my older son and my husband, they'll kind of, like, they're so much alike, and they'll kind of team up and, like, make fun of me, like, if I'm cooking, and, like, the thing goes flying in some spot. And I get, like, so upset. And they're like, oh, my God, Mom. Like, look what you say about us. Like, we can't say one thing about you. And I'm like, okay, I guess you're right, you know? So they I think they have a pretty healthy attitude about it. But I, I just to say that that's life. You have to just accept it. I'm going to exploit you. Just deal with it. Just deal with it. And, the, and
0: the name of the special again is?
3: I don't mean to brag. That's
0: so funny because she said it earlier. She said yeah. the name and I was like, no, no, you're not bragging. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. No, you're fine. <laughs> I, I'm sure you get that sometimes where you say I the say, name. That's kind of like, where I came up with the name because
3: I say it in a couple jokes. Like, I don't mean <laughs> to brag, but I have health insurance. Like, th- things that I do think are kind of worth bragging about. Like, I do think, like, I'm like, don't be jealous. It's a PPO. Like, I can pee like you know pick my own doctors like it's pretty <laughs> freaking nice and so yeah this stuff i'm or i'll be like i don't mean to brag but there is a target like extremely close to my house because i remember one time i moved to my new house and my friend goes Oh my God. Like that target is so close. Like, I'm so jealous. And I was like, that is something to kind of like be jealous (laughs) about. Like, so it's always like these things that you wouldn't think are really braggable, but they're like really braggable. Right. Forget the schools. There's a target. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So close. Like I could ride my bike there. Yeah. That's good. So then where are
0: you uh, off to next after you?
3: So next weekend I will be at hyenas in Fort worth and Dallas. Okay. And that's a really fun club. I love that club. And, um, And then I am going to be at Wise Guys the first weekend of October in Salt Lake City, Utah. Oh, good. Yeah. And then I have a bunch of other things going on in L.A. I'm doing a different kind of a show. It's actually based on a podcast called The Great Love Debate. Mm. And we take singles, 100 um, guys and 100 girls, and we kind of, like, figure out why everyone's single and, like, get people to, like, talk to each other and do this fun thing. So I'm just joining it now, but they've been doing it around the country, and we're doing... Uh, 28th and 29th at Flappers in Burbank and then also um, October 15th at the Irvine Improv. So, Because wow. I've been married so long, but I love getting involved in like other people's love lives <laughs> and giving advice. Like right now, my friend who I'm with this weekend, she's been divorced about two years and like I mm. love hearing about her date oh she's killing it it don't feel bad she's doing fine like I was like okay how many guys have you been with this? so but I mean I I have to hear about it. I've been with the same guy for 15 years like I need I need to know what fresh dick is like tell me you know like just give it to me let me live vicariously so I can Continue being married and go to heaven, but get enough info to keep (laughs) my like keep me excited. Yeah, right.
0: That's how I am too. When my friends tell me about stuff now because I'm married, I'm like, no, no, I need details. Don't just tell me she came and she left the next morning. Like, what you know? What was she saying? But then
3: there's times where then I'm super. Like sometimes I'm jealous. Like, oh, oh my God, he picked me up in the greatest car. He's so rich, and you know these sweet things that you know they do. And I'm you know I'm always like, yeah. If my husband and I got divorced, we'd probably both be like so much nicer to our next person. You know, like you would be. But then at the then, I got my friend uh, copied it and sent this text this girl was trying to set her up. And the text said, "Hey, I want to set you up. How do you feel about balding and what's your minimum height requirement?" <laughs> I'm like, this is about the most depressing text I ever heard. And then it was like it was like I know, you know, she, my friend doesn't have kids and she's like, "Would you have kids or consider a surrogate?" With donor eggs and a carrier. he'd like to have a baby. And before you go on this date, he wants to know that if you don't want to have your own baby, that you'd at least agree to have a surrogate. I go, this is oh before a coffee date? This is awful. I'm like, this is a bath. And then the picture comes up and I'm like, oh. And then I looked at it, but I'm like, the guy's really rich. And I was like, I guess. I showed it to my friend. I go, this is the person that, you know, my friend is going to be set up with. And I show my other friend and I'm like, because I'm watching the names just in case. And I said, okay, oh, she marries this guy. And I'm like, I'm like, I mean, I guess. I mean, could you get on top of that and, like, fake it? Like, you'd have to fuck, like, every time you saw him until you were married, and then you could, like, curtail it back. I'm like, this is so awful. But you know people think about this stuff. yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he's trying to find a wife that's, like, you know, going to give him a baby, like, so is the woman thinking about who's going to, like, give me the boathouse, you know? Like, Yeah. I think,
0: I think part of it, too, is the age that you're dating because the yeah. requirements at nineteen twenty are way different than no. the requirements at 30, 40. But like, oh, yeah. Added stuff you need to.
3: Yeah. You need to have your shit together. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's fun when you're dating some guy who's like, I make organic cheese like that's really sexy. <laughs> And he's got like wants to get into brewing beer like that's so cool. And he's got like that weird like 1895 beard going on like the old like Civil War beard like that's fun. And then but when you're 35 you're like enough with the smelly cheese. Like can you either own a cheese either like work for like Cheddar Cheese Incorporated or like get some shit other shit going because this is not working for me. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: Well. Thank you so much. Thank you, you guys. In. So this fun. A, yeah, this was a this lot was a of really fun. This a really fun one. Absolutely. Cool. And if you hear this today and you're in the Charlotte area, get out and see Heather uh, this yes. weekend. She's fantastic. Here all weekend. Yeah. Absolutely.
3: Awesome. Absolutely. Thanks, you guys. All right. Thank you, Heather. Bye. We'll be back.
0: We'll be back. Welcome back to the Comedy Zone podcast here in Charlotte, North Carolina with the one the only Mr. Josh Blue and his feature Mr. Chris Charpentier. How you guys
6: doing? Hey, what's up, man? I'm good, man. You doing I'm, great.
0: You doing good? Yeah, thanks for having us. How you so Thursday, uh you you you've got shows through the
6: weekend. I do, yep. Did you uh did you just say welcome back? Yeah. Isn't this the first episode? <laughs>
0: Uh, we like guests to feel like they've been here before. Okay, great. Uh, It's just a thing we do. Okay, great. Just, yeah. I just
6: want to check in right away. That's a little inside baseball. <laughs> okay. Uh, right there. So you were saying?
0: Oh uh, No, I, I was saying. Uh, so how are you enjoying
6: Charlotte so far? It's your first time here? You've been here before? I do. Uh, I do like Charlotte. I've been here several times. I believe Sharpie's first time, right? Yeah,
5: this is my first time here. I love it. It's really nice. He I have already? some family that lives here. So. Oh, you do? Yeah, so they so, come coming so, to the shows this weekend. It'll be cool. You get a home-cooked meal here then, or? I don't mean I don't want to hang out with them. They'll, <laughs> come, they'll come to the show. That's good enough. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh
4: man! So
0: that's so. How did you two uh, link up? I mean, what? How did you uh, end up featuring um, with
6: Ungrinder? <laughs> 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 no man. Uh, he, we both live in Denver. Uh, mm-hmm. He's uh, been on the scene. How long have you been in the Denver scene? Like eight years. Eight years. Yeah, so. a little over. So, oh wow uh enjoy his work like hanging out oh it's good it, let's bring a friend how long you been working with josh
5: uh this is my second time going on the road with him but we've done shows in denver for eight years so i've known him forever and and uh yeah but this is my second time going on the road with him it's
0: great i I always wanted to ask this to comics out of colorado with the law change have the crowds changed are they higher than they
6: used to be? Nope, they're always pretty high. <laughs> yeah, there
5: there are weed specific shows that I've done, mm-hmm. and those are a little different. Yeah. But but those I mean they're few and far between, and then those it's they're just really they're not that much fun. Yeah. Surprisingly, Whoa. the people are too high, okay, and you get you the best part is usually if you are doing really good, you don't really get laughs, you get coughs. Ooh, <laughs> now now that's like, different. <laughs> <laughs> And that turns out, you know, it's strange. I like that. Yeah, but it's, it's definitely different.
6: Yeah, it's hard to find someone in the audience higher than me. <laughs> <laughs> it's
5: nice to have them on the same level. Absolutely,
0: man, absolutely. Um, So let, let's dig into your background a little dig bit, Dig away, my friend. Yeah, you uh, because you have one of the more unique backgrounds, I think, uh, in terms of a, a lot of comedians. Uh, let's just start with where you were born. You are born in Africa.
6: Yeah, I was born yeah. in Cameroon, West Cameroon, Africa.
0: Cameroon, West Africa. So, and because I, I notice in your comedy, you you incorporate some of that.
6: Yeah, it was in my last special. I talk a lot about that. Uh, you know, just being a white African American. All <laughs> the struggles. So then, uh, so, so 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 then, is
0: there like this large contingent of people in
6: Cameroon that are huge Josh Blue fans? Uh, no, I no? don't think they would welcome me back with open arms. No, uh, rob me. A good point. <laughs> 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 so then, so then, with,
0: with your so then with your your time over there, do you feel that you know having that sort of more worldly perspective uh, has kind of infused sure. your comedy with that? Uh,
6: you know, I don't know or remember much about uh, Cameroon. I was very young when we left there, but when I was fifteen, uh, I got to live in Senegal for a whole year. Oh. So uh, that was definitely a very influential time of my life. You know, mm-hmm. uh, seeing other parts of the world and. Uh, um, you know, I have cerebral palsy and, you know, there's a lot of questions I had about that at that age, you know, just trying to, trying to figure out where you fit in and trying to get some pussy, you know, <laughs> uh, and, uh, just seeing the, th- but then I went to Africa and realized, you know, uh, uh, just because I have a disability don't mean to, don't have a bunch of other amazing shit going on, you know? Right. So it really did put it in perspective.
0: Ah, oh, that's good, man. That's good. So then with, I mean, you talked about, uh, having cerebral palsy. I noticed that you, you touch on that a lot in your comedy, too. Have you found that to be an advantage, disadvantage, or it just is sure. what it is in terms of comedy?
6: Well, if I didn't have cerebral palsy, I'd just be another goofy white guy. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but now I'm a goofy like, white guy. Like Chris, guy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah exactly. Nothing special. You yeah. didn't hit the lottery. Yeah. Nope. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> I, know,
5: I, t- I tell these comments. Able-bodied and... Unlucky. Boring. Tell these
6: comics, man, if they want to succeed, you got to break a leg real bad. <laughs> <laughs> nah,
0: that's cool, man. So then I, I imagine them being a comedian, because when you're a kid, kids don't give a shit. They'll say anything Oh about, yeah. So did some of your wit come from having to go
6: back and forth with kids talking shit about you? Sure, yeah. But I've always had the gift of being a to <laughs> beat them to the punch or, you mm-hmm. know. If the dude with palsy is funnier than you, you look like a dumbass. Let me tell you that, one. and I'm happy to make you look like a dumbass in front of everybody.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. See, that was that was big for me. I was uh, fat as a oh, kid. Yeah. I was a chubby kid, and this was my middle name is Albert. And this was during. <laughs> exactly. It, like it was during the height of the popularity oh, of the no, Fat Albert uh, show. You were famous, man. So I had to develop a sense of humor quick, or I would have dropped out of school, man. I couldn't yeah, handle yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you
6: gotta. I mean, I think, it, you know, uh, you can't say anything to me that I haven't said worse about myself. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I think when people are mean to me in an intelligent way nothing makes me happier than that's the comic in you yeah i love it man (laughs) because i'm happy to go right at your fat ass and make fun of you you know i know you're skinny now but you're just a fat kid (laughs) (laughs) you'll always be a fat kid
0: man (laughs) see you send people to therapy See, uh, (laughs) you breaking knees and shit (laughs) So, Chris, what was uh, what was the thing kids made fun of you for?
5: Being short. Being short. Yeah, Being unfortunately, short. I never grew out of that one. I How mean, tall are you? Five five. <laughs> See? Pretty wow. small. So yeah, I got that one constantly, and I was real short. Mm-hmm. Like going into high school, I was under five foot. Really? Wow. Yeah. So you needed a growth spurt to Big get time. There. Big time. And I didn't hit the growth spurt till I was like 17. So, so fat
6: you would have eaten him.
5: Yes. <laughs> Back in that day. yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> all, we, was, all three of us probably would have been friends because we wouldn't have Oh, wouldn't yeah. Have oh, to yeah. Oh, oh, look. Yeah. We, we'd have made a great crew. He, exactly. We'd have made a great crew. he call you
6: popcorn. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs>
0: popcorn.
4: <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good
0: stuff, man. But even, But with the disability, super athletic uh into soccer the the power, u.s paralympics yeah how did you how did you find yourself into
6: that um you know uh i didn't know about the paralympics till i graduated from college and it's one of those things if i had known about it earlier in my life i would have been amazing for me to get to travel but i as it is i did eight years on the team traveled all over the planet and i uh, got to go to the 04 paralympics in athens wow and uh I basically got an email address of the coach mm-hmm. from someone saw me playing soccer. I was just like, you know there's a team for you, right? I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, here's this terrible palsy team. You should probably play for them. And huh. like, oh, and I was super nervous to email the coach, you know. Wow. And I finally uh, started doing stand-up in Denver and getting some success, and that success gave me the courage to email the coach i uh wrote uh say my name is josh blue i'm 22 years old i have cerebral palsy and i'm a damn good soccer player wow and he wrote back nice to meet you josh blue where i was looking for damn good soccer players." <laughs> <laughs> turns sure. out i'm looking for damn good soccer players <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they flew me to dc like three weeks later for a tryout and uh wow. i was on the team for eight years after the tryout and um uh, I wasn't, uh, I mean, I definitely started my fair share of games, but I was always the first uh, sub in, Mm. because I wasn't too much into the endurance, but... So what What position did you play? I was forward. The forward. Striker. Oh, yeah, so so. you were scoring a lot of goals. I wouldn't say a lot. Wow. I mean, I, I've seen it done. <laughs> that was your job description. You were supposed to score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, dude, yeah I'm a soccer player that plays a lot with my elbows. You know? like, come by me.
0: <laughs>
4: Try to defend this.
0: So you – So, but you were always – uh, fast and athletic, but what drew the interest in soccer? Because that's not—I mean—in the U.S., that's not that popular a sport.
6: Um, I mean, it goes back to Africa. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's huge, yeah. huge over there. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, I got to see, like, in Senegal, I—I I, I got to play street ball with these, these people. I mean, Senegalese people's feet are amazing. They just like, it's like another hand. They're just juggling around, and it got me really excited about that aspect of it. and It's more like uh, trick tricksters, you know. Yeah. I wouldn't say they ever had a great team, but like you kick a ball around with them, it's it's a good time. They're doing they're showing you shit. You're like, I didn't know you could do that with a ball. (laughs) (laughs) So did you go through the thing of like being picked last as a kid and stuff Um, like that, even though you were so good at? Well, I mean, my sport in growing up was football. Like, I never played on a Mm. team or anything, but. uh, Street ball was my thing, a bunch of kids in the neighborhood. We'd all get together, and uh, I was actually one of the faster kids in the neighborhood, which was always great because, you know, other kids would come in and be like, okay, you know, they'd pick other people. My friends would be like... Josh, they <laughs> knew. Right, right. And they're like, oh, we don't have to cover him, you know. And then five touchdowns later, I'm like, hi, stepping it into the end zone. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. See you, fuckers. You know. But it would be a full on. I mean, it was a weekly game we'd play every Sunday, and I mean, it'd be like my brother's ten years older. We'd be playing tackle with all his older friends, oh, and wow. like full on. Tackle like, <laughs> yeah. No equipment, just nothing. Knocking the hell out each other. And my brother is six one, like just insane. Like he played rugby in college, and he like oh, didn't he, take it easy. On he him. runs like Roger Craig with the high knees, <laughs> just like trying to tackle me. You are like, uh, <laughs> come on by. <laughs> but also, uh, I also, I like playing defense too. Like, mm. um, surprisingly, I won't do it anymore. But I could take out big people just because i was quick i just get to the right spot and just boom i mean my <laughs> brother said uh, he's like i knew i didn't have to worry about you anymore when you tackled both of my best friends which were like 200 pound oh wow giant dudes and i like <laughs> cleaned their clocks like right. and he's like ah, all right
0: you're good to go <laughs> so th- so then you have you have a background as in, in terms of competition, a big time competitive background. Yeah, I'm very competitive. Did that help you going into last comic standing?
6: Sure. Well, I went into the last comic knowing how I was going to win that shit. No, so. oh! <laughs> so, uh, no, no competition. <laughs> no, I mean, oh shit. Uh, okay. You know, uh, yeah. You know, when you go in to win something, you got to go in with that attitude that you're going to. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it, in some ways it's almost counterintuitive because
0: you know with comedy being an art form, it's like how do you judge the better comedy? It's it, you know, like I'm right here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> clearly yeah. they found a way. Was <laughs> so, well, it ever you was it self- ever give weird them for you? another option? You no, know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's the guy. You know? No, I heard your season was really friendly. Like you all.
6: Yeah, we love each other. We still do. You know, I uh, I'm still very close with a lot of the. People on that show, and we had a blast. You know, we we were laughing, we had had a good time. They all knew, <laughs> they all knew. yeah, because a couple
0: of seasons that shit looked like The Apprentice. Like it oh, looked like there there was a little
6: aggression in some of the seasons, but yeah, it was terrible. Ross. The three finalists were the three potheads on the show. Like, Perfect. We, we, There's we, a lesson we, there, kids. <laughs>
4: exactly. <laughs>
0: So so Chris, what so uh working with Josh, um you said it's, it's this is the second time mm-hmm. that you've gone around with him. Uh what have you um I guess in terms of what you've seen from Josh, has that had some sort of influence on how you do your comedy or
5: uh I wouldn't say so much that part, but the business part of everything. Business, yeah. Which is awesome. That's the whole point of doing this. I feel like I'm pretty good at comedy already. I've got that down mm-hmm. uh, i mean obviously there's still tons to learn always but i know how to make people laugh but learning the business part of this and how to do it professionally and mm. that's what i i mean i don't any idea my only experience is with comedy works in denver pretty much mm-hmm. and it, so learning how to work out all the clubs and do media stuff and yeah i brought I,
6: them I, around today and what well, this is my like
5: sixth seventh
6: yeah, interview something today. like that so like wow. learning
5: how to do that, and how to stay polite through all of them, and not right, not be <laughs> when, bored out of your mind. Yeah, when some of them aren't the coolest or nicest or any of that. So that's all of that, and or even just I don't really like interacting with the crowd uh, after the show. I'm, I'm kind of a uh, like I like to I like the spotlight on my terms. Ah, like meaning that you don't talk and I talk, and then mm-hmm. that's it. Right, uh, and that's, <laughs> I like that part of it, but so meeting people afterwards and like the whole handshaking thing and. But just, just doing it on the road and you just learn how to do it and be nice. And it's important. It's all the right. business part of it that I'm learning through doing it. Like hanging out with Josh. So that's I, the best part for sure.
0: That's real. So then th- there was no point where you said, man, I need to get me an Asian wife. or th- like You didn't
5: see Josh's mm. example and say. <laughs> <laughs> well, up until the divorce, I was thinking about <laughs> it. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just stick no, by myself. No, no, he's
6: actually dating my ex.
5: <laughs> oh! <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to take right over. I'm literally going to fill the role. Play soccer. <laughs> no, no. That's... He does. Yeah, I play soccer too. So yeah. probably about as as well. Oh, That's perfect! <laughs>
4: oh wow! Oh, so okay.
0: Soccer match, you two. Who's who's getting picked first? Who's better? Well,
5: he can he... probably run faster and longer than I can. I know, That's a good start. So, so oh, I would right. pick Josh
6: first. Mm. I would pick me first. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't know. I don't... Well, he doesn't have cerebral palsy, though, so I might go with the- I'm going Chris.
0: First of all, he's closer to the ball. I mean, he sees I'm, it. It's not yeah, that far sure, from sure. His,
6: his height line. That's right. right. <laughs> so I'm figuring that, you no, know. that's a good point. My touch is shit. <laughs> uh, like my coach used to say, my first touch is a no touch. Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> So, I like I like what you said to me the other day, which was kick me the ball and then I'll kick it out of bounds. <laughs> that's that's, that's kind of how I play. <laughs> <laughs> like, just real eager, like give it to me, give yeah. it to me, boop.
6: <laughs> and their ball.
0: Right. So, so then, Chris, you're so you're not married. Uh,
5: uh, nope, not married. I have a serious girlfriend, but
0: serious girlfriend. How long oh, yeah. you guys? Do you a talk couple about
5: of, two years. Two years? A little over two years, yeah. Oh, okay. And we're actually in the process of moving to Los Angeles from Denver. Oh, wow. Uh, so she's been out there for like a month, and I'm just waiting. As soon as I get back from North Carolina, I'm going, so. Oh, good. Yeah, it should be cool.
0: Yeah, that that two-year mark is 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 an interesting one, because you're not that far from when they start looking at you like, okay.
5: Yeah. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. This is real. <laughs> yeah, it's it's real time now. So, so yeah, that's kind of it's perfect timing to do the big move, like move across the country and find I out.
6: I think it's a good time to break up. <laughs> I I did tell her
5: because she was out there looking for places, and I was my only restrict my one input on new places was lots of single ladies. Mm. Just get in a place with lots of single ladies in case things go bad. I can hit the ground running. Right, I'm, right. I'm already in the spot. So. Yeah. She didn't think that was very funny. No, I, I imagine know. she didn't. But we'll see.
0: Right. Yeah. So, and, and, and now you, uh, do you talk about your divorce and, and the stuff that went on with that at all? Or? When you ask me about it, I do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no time better than now. Then. So what, um, you know, has that... Has that played a part in your comedy? I mean, do you go there with your fresh
6: thing? You know, Uh, it's just official a couple weeks ago, and uh, I mean, we've been you know working on it for you know nine months or whatever. Mm -hmm. Amicable, good. I mean, I feel I feel better. I feel healthy. Wow. (laughs) My B.O. went away. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But, uh.
0: Well, well I, I just got married uh, oh, about I'm... six, seven months ago. So
6: what well, advice? You, you done fucked up. Well, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I... <laughs> what can you tell me? That's it, bro. <laughs> I hope you got a good memory. <laughs> You'll be looking back at the good times. <laughs>
0: well, it's done wonders for the material. I, the marriages—there's so much about. Has it. she crazy. heard it? Uh, she's heard some of it, mm-hmm. and we have to have a lot of talks about. Uh, you know, hey, it's all jokes. Relax. Mm-hmm. We yeah, have a you're lot. You're not of really a bitch, honey.
5: <laughs> it was a passing thought that I <laughs> wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't so, mean anything. So,
0: so when you when you uh, cause I call it comedians sort of coming out? Like, when you announce to your family, this is what I'm going to do. This is who I am. Almost like Bruce Jenner. This is who I am. This is what I want to do now. What was that moment like for your family? Did they take you seriously?
6: Did they say, okay, this is a passing thing? Oh, they said, thank God. <laughs> what else are you going to fucking do? <laughs> um, no, my parents have always been very supportive of my comedy career. By the time I came out, I was already rocking shows. You know, so... Mm-hmm wasn't like, I'm like, hey, I'm an open micer and I quit my job. It's like, I'm making money telling jokes. It's not a lot of money, but, you know, they saw what everyone else is seeing. Mm-hmm. And they've seen it their whole life, you know? Right. There's been nothing but support for my family, for real. Oh, that's good, man. That's good. What about you, yeah. Chris? Yeah. Same deal?
5: Uh, <laughs> eh, more or less. They're, they're supportive, <laughs> but they're I wouldn't say they were so, they weren't like gung-ho. Like, yes, you should do that. It was like, are you sure? Yeah. A lot of backup plan talk mm. when I told them. A lot no, of like, what oh, is your backup plan, buddy? This is it. <laughs> I my Drunk backup driving. Plan, yeah, my backup plan is if stand-up doesn't go well, to try stand-up. So, <laughs> <To> try- <laughs> uh, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> that's a good method. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to go. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. But it took a while, but also after, uh, I'd say, two years, they really st- became way more supportive. They were like, okay, you're... You're pretty for real about this. Mm-hmm. I've never worked this hard at anything in my life. So they were like, right. oh, "Okay, you're, you probably want to do this." Little well, Chrissy's Yeah, up. you seem like you really want to do it, yeah. and and so yeah, it was the same thing. Once that once they really saw what I was actually doing, they came to shows. It was like, "Oh, you're, you're actually pretty good." So yeah, yeah, yeah it seems like there's is... there's a
0: light that switches on when they see you up there. Right. I yeah. think that was that was the same with my family. Like I, because I'm an attorney uh, okay. during the day, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, I went to law. Whole deal. And uh, mm. I, I started pursuing comedy, and I always knew that, you know, I wanted to... I liked making people laugh, but I didn't know that, that could be a career. Like, sure. I didn't know that was a real thing you could do. <laughs> so I ended up doing that, and my family came to a show. And once they saw it, they said, oh, yeah, that's that's the path for him. And not even necessarily because it was so fantastic, but because they could see how much I loved it. Yep. And once they saw that, that mm-hmm. life sort of wow. switched on for them. So
6: you sure. attorney...
0: I'm an attorney, man. I'm waiting for yeah, one of y'all yeah. to slip and fall. That's really why I'm here. <laughs> Hope it, I, I saw you
6: almost fall early. Uh-huh. We almost got paid. I'm already fucking broken, bro. Hey, <laughs> man. Um, you ever mix up your show with your attorney, Martin? Oh, yeah. I, I
0: mean, there's times Dumping where... Jokes in there, oh, yeah. I <laughs> like Well, number one, I'm in court... Or talking to clients and writing down jokes like they're telling me whatever they have, and I'm like, oh, that's a good bit. I Does, can, yeah. <laughs> like that, I do that all the time. So I'm, I'm, I'm no that's good. Great. I'm not a good attorney. Like, <laughs> like people ask me, how do you do both? And I'm like, being a shitty attorney is a big part of that. You
6: have to be shitty.
5: <laughs>
6: I never won nothing.
5: <laughs> right. I don't even have. A... I'm just so thrilled for the clients to come rolling in after they hear this. <laughs> oh, and here's I'm a
0: person. I do personal injury so everybody thinks their claim is they think it's worth 10 million dollars you know there was a bug in my juice and i want 10 million it's like i don't know about that you'd be lucky to get more juice
4: (laughs) 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 yeah man so
0: so what uh you but you josh you you got started uh i want more juice man uh, in college, yeah. uh, you, you created a comedy class.
6: I did, yeah. I went to a pretty crazy liberal arts, arts college called Evergreen State College. Wow. Uh, yeah, create your own courses. Studied, that is the shit. It was pretty amazing. It's basically like me renting Richard Pryor tapes and getting high. But <laughs> <laughs> worked out okay. So did you have like a curriculum,
0: like an outline printed out, <clears throat> syllabus and
6: all that stuff? Yeah, get it. high. Watch Richard Pryor. No, you know what I just said? uh, I mean, I found a professor who would uh, back it and support it. You know, obviously, uh, you know, she didn't really have much background in knowing stand-up, but she saw my desire and my uh, energy going toward it, and uh, it skyrocketed. I mean, I went. part of the curriculum that I wrote up was uh, I'd have a weekly show I would do, and I found um, a coffee shop that had bands. The band asked me to go on in between the two bands, but they switched out (laughs) equipment. And um, first week I went there, it was, like, standing room only, like, full up. And then uh, first band went on, I went on, and everybody left when I was done and left the The headliners just, like, empty room. Like, like maybe two or three people. Like, I didn't even stick around. I was like, this is terrible. And and then uh, the next week, I came in and did that again. And the owner was like, well, everyone's obviously only here for you. We should give you your own night. And I got my own hour stand-up show in a coffee shop weekly. And it was different material every week. And I don't know... How the fuck I did that. <laughs> I don't think it's really stand up. It's just more like storytelling and, you know, I was telling telling shit for my life, you know, just all these crazy experiences that I had in Africa. and Yeah. Yeah, just. Uh, oh, I mean, when you,
0: yeah, because when you have all the stuff that you've had go on in your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, I, I, now that I think, because when you first said it, I'm like, an hour a week? What the hell are you up mm-hmm. there saying? But then it's like, you got a lot of experiences to talk about.
6: Right, and you know, I mean, I had uh, been to Senegal three times. Actually, one of the um, courses I created my junior year is I did an internship in a zoo in West Africa in Senegal. And uh, I, I spent three months working, like, hands-on with Big animals like Whoa. gorillas and chimpanzees, lions, tigers, wow, and bears, <laughs> so never any never any near death, oh, yeah, stuff. lots of them, lots of them I actually uh this little mark oh, yeah. here on my wrist is um a claw of a lion it uh I fucked up, actually, it was my fault. Oh, yeah. I shouldn't have jumped over the guardrail. I oh, tried wow. to pet it, but... <laughs> Man. thats I mean, that's got to be a great story when you meet women. Like, oh, what's
0: that scar? Oh, mine no, you know, in Africa. Well, I've, I was, I've, I was, I've always
6: wished it was bigger. Like, I wish it had been like a fucking... Like a tat, yeah. like a sleeve. Because one of the zookeepers had some real scars. I was like, damn, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's real right if there.
5: Gonna, yeah, you want to get one, like, across the face. He had
6: one, one that was, like, uh, like... Halfway through his wrist and then up his like underarm and uh, he uh a baboon got out of the zoo like out of the cage and he lured it in with some food and he was just holding it, he held it before, but another baboon in the zoo made a threatening call like threatening yeah. this other baboon, and it fucking went ballistic on him. He said it I mean oh, baboons man. have like five inch yeah. fangs like and he said he he like when he was telling me he was like tearing up he's like I almost died he was like blood was just spurting out wow I was like works. that's a that's a, that's a scar there
0: I wonder what the hell a baboon call sounds
6: like that's that's a that must haunt you wah <laughs> <laughs> like I'm <laughs> probably not as bad as the sound of baboon teeth on bone <laughs> 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 yeah that might be a worse sound. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow so so you uh you also uh were into theater in in yeah, college right? I did a
6: bunch of theater, Now that, so we talking Shakespeare with this, th- yeah, you know, I don't really remember, but oh, was that boring no, no, you know what I actually like I mean that's really where I started like figuring out the stand up thing too I was like, oh you know i I like performing, but you know I'm. Definitely any character I play is going to have cerebral palsy. <laughs> yeah.
4: He might get typecast, right? <laughs> yeah.
6: And that's where I actually started doing the stand-up. Like I created a, a, a piece where I think I could uh, eventually re rekindle this idea, but I start doing stand-up, and then as I tell the jokes, actors come in, mm-hmm. and it just turns into the scene. Mm It would be pretty cool Like I could do A a good show with that Like
0: Well I'll just say this When I look at the history Of the Oscars Disabilities play big I mean (laughs) We had Forrest Gump Who's the guy That won this year For uh, playing uh, Stephen Hawking And
6: And isn't it amazing They never hire A real disabled person No No (laughs) That's another Kind of discrimination It is actually There's a big um, That's (laughs) big In the disabled community People are pissed. Yeah. I mean, because it's like, we already have a limited number of uh, roles that we can play, and now you're giving it to Johnny Depp or some shit? Able-bodied motherfucker. Right. That's how I felt when I saw the
0: Lone Ranger. I'm like, Native Americans have to be pissed. Like, Johnny Depp playing, like, there already aren't that many roles, and
6: then you got... But he plays a great Indian. (laughs) (laughs) So, so then... Having
0: cerebral palsy, do you ever feel that pull to be like an advocate for some, like? Do well, you, do you ever go, oh my, I should, I should be involved in that kind of cause, and my comedy should speak to that, or are you just focused on being funny?
6: Well, I'm mainly focused on being funny, but I have come to terms with the fact that I am a giant advocate for it. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily anything that I've gone out of my way to be, but through through success and through mm. um, being in in the limelight, it's brought attention to it, and then by that, then I've had to pay attention to it, and I've, I mean, I've seen a lot of horrible shit, and realized like I'm not just doing this to be funny, but there's so many people out there that don't have the same point of view about their disabilities as I do. You know, mm-hmm. it is a life wrecker for a lot of people. You know. Have you ever had fans come up and be like, uh, you know, you're sort of an inspiration? Oh, man. (laughs) Every day.
0: Wow.
6: Wow. And I'm like, I'm telling dick jokes.
0: (laughs) 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 Wow, man. Well, that's, I mean, that's that's fantastic because a lot of times it can go either way. Like, sometimes comics are like, oh, I don't want to focus on that. And you are more like you've embraced it and said, this can be something powerful.
6: Right. I mean, because ultimately it's funny. That's the main thing is being funny, but it's a, uh, it's, you leave my show with a different perspective of disability. Mm-hmm. Wow. Might not be a better perspective, but it's different.
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, Yeah, I mean, for me, even just knowing Josh for the eight years, it's given me a different perspective on, on the whole thing and just how to. Just treat people like normal humans. Everybody's yeah, yeah, normal. That's so just, just we're free. assholes too, man. Yeah, just right. I mean, it's,
0: we're all assholes.
5: Yeah, yeah. it you, you eventually learn that. So
0: that's a fantastic note to end on, fellas. Perfect. <laughs> Equality, I love it. <laughs> well, I want to I want to thank our guests one more time, uh, Josh Blue and Chris Charpentier. Yes. Uh, thank so you all much. so much for for coming into the Charlotte Comedy Zone podcast, and uh, it's been fun, fellas. Absolutely. Thank you
4: for having. Me.
1: Comedy Zone Podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the NC Music Factory in Charlotte, North
6: Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone Podcast are Brian Heffern, Lisa Barr, and Brian Balthasevitz. Original music composed and
0: performed by John McKeever.